the Tech on Demand podcast, brought to you by Grower Talks. Audio Files, Episode 29. Acres and Acres. Good questions. So-so answers. From the October 2023 issue of Grower Talks magazine. Written by Chris Bates, Narrated by the author, Chris Bates. Exactly one week from when I'm writing this, I'll be participating in a panel discussion at the 2023 Griffin Expo in Edison, New Jersey, on the topic, Navigating the New Norm. My fellow panelists are pretty illustrious. Abe Van Wingerden, CEO of Metrolina Greenhouses, and Mark Shermer, Global Head of Syngenta Flowers. Heavy hitters all, which leaves me to wonder how I got invited. Well, perhaps the email went to the wrong Chris. But regardless, I'm in the brochure, so they're stuck with me and my opinions. The moderator, Bill Riffey, Griffin's director of sales, sent us some of the questions he'll be hitting us with. And while ruminating on them, I decided I might as well share my ruminations with you, my loyal readers, since few of you are liable to be in the room with me next Wednesday. There are three questions specifically addressed to me. Let's see what I think about them, shall we? Chris Bates, as editor of a horticultural trade publication, you have a unique perspective on industry trends. What recent developments in the horticulture sector do you believe will have the most significant impact on businesses and professionals in the coming years? Hmm, recent developments in the horticulture sector that will have the most significant impact on businesses and professionals, eh? Well, my first thought is that I can interpret developments in two different ways. One, Market factors such as mergers, new businesses, emerging or shrinking market opportunities, etc. And two, tools, machines, processes, breeding breakthroughs, and so on. I was going to say the pandemic, but that was a global development, not a horticulture sector development, so it doesn't count. Still, you can't deny that it had a major impact on us. Same with the rising minimum wage and labor shortages, which is leading to more interest in labor-saving tools. I'd perhaps mention social media, but it's not a horticulture sector development either. Well, plus, I'm saving that for the next question. I guess my answer is that we are a maturing industry, and we really can't expect major breakthroughs or developments to come along. Instead, we get small, incremental changes that are hard to recognize until after the fact. Well, think about this. Houseplants were hot in the 70s, and then they went away. Why? And why did they come back? It wasn't anything that we did. My question is, what is the next thing we do that will fall out of fashion or come back into fashion, and how do we recognize it? The next question. In your interactions with horticulture businesses, what are some of the most innovative and successful marketing strategies that have allowed companies to stand out and connect effectively with their target audience? Well, I can think of two. The first is Live Trends Design Group and their super creative plant packaging. Founder Bissa Georgiev has assembled a team of young, creative designers who are putting simple plants in on-trend containers. He's built an entire brand personality that speaks of cool, modern, and youthful. The second would be social media use. Our current Young Retail Award winner, Michael Fiore of Smith's Garden Town in Wichita Falls, Texas, is all over Facebook, 50,000 followers, and all over TikTok, more than 100,000 followers. He now employs a full-time person to film, edit, and post. Why? Education. And it draws customers from unlikely places like Wisconsin. 
the third question. The horticulture industry has seen a surge in interest from younger generations. What strategies would you recommend for garden centers to attract and engage millennial and Gen Z consumers? How does this differ from engaging older generations of plant enthusiasts? The hortistician Marvin Miller and I were just talking about this. Should we do things differently for younger customers? Or can we offer one product or service that all customers appreciate? Well, there's staffing. Everyone says to hire younger employees and more employees of varying ethnic persuasions, backgrounds, etc., because people like to shop where they see other people like themselves. But does that outweigh great customer service or quality? And it's hard to ask a business to provide products and services for a multitude of generations. Geriatric plants? Hip-hop plants? Kitty plants? What about just really great plants? And really great personal service. That's something I think every generation appreciates. Last month, I wrote about Chick-fil-A, now the number three fast food chain in America because of their core four hospitality. Make eye contact, smile, speak enthusiastically, and stay connected to the customer. Chick-fil-A doesn't offer different products for different customers, just one great product and service. If it works for them, why not for you? The end. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Files from the Tech On Demand podcast brought to you by Grower Talks. Please take a minute to leave us a positive review. It'll help us reach more greenhouse professionals. (music) 